The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Do you remember when home video was in its infancy? The perfect video store is popping up all over the country. Do you remember the experience of renting VHS tapes at a store? Right now, rent Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Cobra for just a dollar a day each. Do you remember when you kept a video store membership card in your wallet? Welcome to Blockbuster Video. Hollywood Video. We get what you want. A warehouse is entertainment. Relive the days when dead media was alive and kicking. This is Rental Return. Tales from the Video Store. My name is Danielle, and I used to work at the Blockbuster in Boca Raton. It was Glades and 441 from 2002 to like 2005-ish. And yeah, I can't ever forget. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's excellent. Now, we understand where we're going to get to, but we always like to go back to the beginning. We want to understand what is your earliest memory of being inside a video rental store? So growing up, I lived in New York for a while. So I do remember when I was young that we would go to like a rental store. It wasn't all the time, but would go and grab things from there. One summer I had gone to Delaware and my aunt would take me to the library to rent movies. And I was obsessed with Anne of Green Gables. So when I came home, I just like in my brain knew there was like a third version of the movie, like a continuation. So I told my mom, I got to get it. I got to get this third part. So we ended up calling a bunch of blockbusters trying to get this Anne of Green Gables. So there was a movie called Anne of a Thousand Days and we drove to the blockbuster. This was like early 90s in New York. Got the movie. Turns out it was about Anne Boleyn from... (laughs) (laughs) So that actually got me really interested in English history because it was not bad, but it was not Anne of Green Gables. Turns out they never made a third part at that time, they did make one years later on PBS. So wasn't there a Disney Channel series that was like Avonlea or something? Wasn't that in that same yes, universe? Yes, it yeah. was in the same universe. They had Avonlea and then there was like another continuation of that. So some of the characters from Anne of Green Gables were in there. Yeah, okay. but Anne wasn't in it. So I was just like, okay, I like it, but I want to know what happens. So... <laughs> Now, I'm going to assume that a little bit later on, as you're getting into your teenage years, going to the video rental store is probably becoming more common. It's more of a destination. And I'm curious, was that a blockbuster? Was that, a, you know, a different a type of mom and pop store? What, what was the, the <laughs> next phase? So when I was growing up and we lived in Florida, my mom and I would have movie nights together and we would go rent movies. And it's some of those very core memories of spending time with my mom. But we would actually go to this supermarket called Albertsons and they would rent movies for like 99 cents. My mom started getting mad at Blockbuster because she would always have late fees. (laughs) I'm not surprised because she never remembered to turn them back in on time. So we ended up going to Albertsons because, you know, it was cheaper. And those were always great. Like I remember watching the first Wise Club with my mom from Albertsons. (laughs) When you were the one making the selection, did you gravitate towards a certain genre or a certain actor? Like what, what was your kind of phase of saying, oh, this is me. This is what I'm all about. 
When I was younger, it's probably not that much different from now, but I just loved rom-coms or any movies that were like about kids, you know, people my age, teen movies, stuff like that. And then my mother and I loved musicals. So that was definitely my genre. My mom loves horror movies. I'm not so much into that. But in the 90s, I did like the slasher movies like Scream and stuff like that. It was more digestible, so I wasn't as scared. But yeah, rom-coms. I gotta say, you're not the first person who has had a mom that was just a horror fan. Like, <laughs> we had a guy on who, you know, JP, he, his mom took him to, like, midnight screenings, like, horror festivals, like, when he was very young. I'm curious, did your mom have a favorite, or did she, like, have her own copy of, like, a movie that she would actually keep to watch all the time? It's funny, like, my mom wasn't really into buying a whole bunch of movies until maybe I started getting older. But she would like whatever was on TV. And so like my first memory as a human being (laughs) was seeing Jaws. Oh, that was the first movie as a child. My mother let me see. I was terrified to go into the ocean for a long time. (laughs) Then we got to flash forward a little bit here. How did you come to work in a video rental store? So in high school, I really wanted to work at Blockbuster. My best friend who I host my podcast with, she had already started at working at Blockbuster. So the way that the process was back then was that you would have to go into a Blockbuster store. There would be a computer in the corner and you'd have to sit there and like go through this long application, right? It wasn't just an application. It was also kind of like a psychological test or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm going to apply. And I was devastated because the store where my best friend worked at, I didn't get in. And I became like obsessed. I was like, I'm going to work at a Blockbuster. So I ended up going to a Blockbuster in a different area in our city and doing that whole process again. And I ended up getting the job there. So that's how it started. I want to say might have been like my senior year of high school or like my summer before going to college that I started. So that's originally how it how it started for me. And then I ended up switching to like another location. And then eventually I was able to get to a location where my best friend was working there, but she had been working there longer. So she was my manager. Wow. So you really, I mean, you had a path, you had a journey that, you know, I'm going to get to the end of it. I know where I need to be. That's amazing. Now, I'm curious, what do you remember about the early days of training? So Blockbuster, it was definitely a lot of like hands-on watching other people, but they did have like training videos. So you would kind of sit like their break rooms or like these little tiny closets, essentially. They weren't big. There'd be like a TV, there'd be tapes and junk everywhere. And you kind of just like sit back there. I feel like there might have been a day where you had to like come in. So I think I came in during the day for the quote unquote training. I think there might have been other people, but then you like watch these videos that are corny to this day. And then after that, it's somebody is like with you showing you how to like do the register, which used to make me super nervous because it's a lot of memorization too. Like there were a lot of steps. And you can get really flustered, especially like your first Friday night, your first Saturday night, where there's so many people and you don't want to like mess up or like if you close the till too early and you, you're you like, damn, I have to call a manager now. Or if you get like a bitchy customer who's complaining about a late fee or whatever. Yeah, it was a little nerve wracking at first. <laughs> 
I am curious that because you worked at three different locations total, mm-hmm. right? Were, I think it was about four, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah. were they all the same layout or were some of them like a store that Blockbuster had bought out years before? Like, did, was there anything unique about any of the locations that you can recall? Not really. Like the four that I worked at didn't have anything really cool. Like we didn't have a popcorn maker. We didn't have like a music section or anything like that. But it was just like some were bigger than the other ones. Like the first store I worked at was pretty big, but nothing to be like, oh my God, it was different. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm surrounded by VHS. Were there any VHS tapes still at any of those stores when you started? Yeah, 100%. Especially like if you were to compare like Blockbuster to like a grocery store, I would say the outside wall would be essentially all the fresh produce, all the like meat stuff, that kind of stuff. That would be what you'd have on the outside wall for for Blockbuster, all the new brand new releases. And then in the middle, you would have all the other older classics, family section, horror, you know, older movies. And a lot of the times with the older movies, we'd have the VHSs. Yeah, we were there in the olden days when we had VHS. So I did have to rewind a lot. Like that be kind rewind bit was real. I would like to know too, as you started getting into, I mean, whether it was you know, the first store or the last store, like what were the best perks that you realized uh, of being a video rental store employee? <laughs> I would say, obviously, the free rentals. So we got five free rentals a week. But then like, if you're working so much, it makes it really hard to actually have the time to watch them. But it was really great because my siblings are about 15 and 18 years younger than me. So when I was working there, they were little. So I would get all their like movies and stuff like that. They each get to pick a movie and then my mom would get one and then I would have like maybe one I wanted to watch. So that was great. And then getting to work with my best friend, which, you know, working with Jackie and getting to hang out with her, that was really fun. Just being able to talk about movies all day. Were there a certain group of customers that like built the community at one of the stores? Like, did you have like the regulars that you got to be mm. friendly with or was it just the employees? Definitely have regulars, every store. And the regulars are split into two categories. The ones that you actually like are cool with and you love and the ones that aggravate your soul. (laughs) So yeah, we always had regulars and it was nice. It, It felt nice that you were part of a community. People trusted your opinions. Like, especially if you really liked someone and you knew they were looking for a movie and it hadn't been out. Being able to do really nice things like call another blockbuster and say, hey, I know you've been looking for this and been waiting for it to return. I actually found it at the store. They're actually holding it, which we never were supposed to really do. But if you like someone, you would tell them, you know, like I'm holding it. So that was always nice. Or being able to call them and say, it's in, I'm hiding it come in today, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Let's go on the other side of the coin then, because you talked about the people who are going to aggravate your soul. So <laughs> yeah. what what form did that take? Is this, are we talking personality quirks? Are they harassing you for a certain movie all the time that you just never had? Like, talk to me a little bit about these. All of the above. So I'm a little bit more sassier than Jackie. She was, you know, she's always calm and collected, does things by the book, the lines will be blurred for me. And so if people were rude to me or tried to like, I'm not mean off the bat, but if you're just ridiculous, I'm going to have some tood. (laughs) And 
Jackie would have to take a deep breath and be, and she'd be like, just call corporate if you got a problem. Like, I don't know what to tell you because I can't do anything with her at this point. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we would have people who would come in asking the same for the same damn movie every week, every week. We ain't got it. Please stop. So at one point we worked the the last store I worked at was in Boca and Boca is very like ritzy, rich people and a lot of old people. So it was like two of those communities kind of coinciding and very entitled. So they would come in and expect you to like one, one lady, especially the older ladies, they're like, well, can you come to my house and set up my DVD player? (laughs) No, no, I cannot. I'll pay you. Don't care that. No, that happened like a lot. Wow. Yeah. There would be just rude people. There would be people who wanted to like, complain we had a list of people that you know would act up a lot of it had to do with the late fees so they would try if you hadn't dealt with them before they would try and like come and you would have like a note in the account like bitches be crazy and so you would <laughs> you would know that they were going to start something so i was gonna say you didn't have any sympathy because your mom was somebody who no i didn't have sympathy for her i was like you need to turn your movies back in That's why she loved when I worked there because she didn't have to get a card when I left to go back to school. And I was like, I'll leave my card, but you, you can't not bring these back. I can't have late fees on my account. So yeah. (laughs) Now, can you recall, you know, at at any time during your, your employment there, was there one movie in particular, either that again, people just always wanted this movie or it was just so popular when it came out that people Mm. were just like, when are you getting it back in? Crouching Tiger, when that movie came out, it was kind of pandemonium craziness because it was just so new. And we just had an issue because it had subtitles. It wasn't dubbed when it originally came out. So we had a lot of like, there's just all these words on the screen kind of feedback. I'm trying to think what else. Like when I started working there, you know, I had like all of the the resurgence of the Marvel movies. So like when they were coming out, like the Spider-Man movies, the Phantom Menace, all the Star Wars stuff. So those were always like huge when, you know, we knew they were coming out. We had a lot of big blockbuster movies that came out during those times. And when it was new release day, yeah, it would be hard. I had to go and check the, the box a lot when we were out. It, yeah, it was pandemonium. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of kind of that that day to day, like you got to do this, you got to do that. Was there like a part of the job where there's because you're talking, I get to talk about movies, I get to, you know, enjoy that. But what was your least favorite part of the <laughs> job that you just, it was tedious you had to do? I hated the box. Like, well, you know what? Sometimes I just didn't want to do the register because people were getting on my nerves and I needed to like have a break. So when I first started doing the the box was like a big part of my job. Looking at all the returns, checking them in, you're like, you literally taking one by one movie and you're scanning them in to make sure that they, and you had to be careful because you couldn't scan, you, if you scanned it twice, it would cause problems. So you had to really listen that you were scanning it once. And then alphabetizing them, we had like these carts. So you would take them, alphabetize them, And like after a while, you had to learn where they went without having to really look. And then I would just go around 
putting them back on the shelves. Like I was very particular about my shelves. So was Jackie about making them clean and neat. So that was like a huge portion of my job. And then with the DVDs, we had to put those locks in. The process was you go in the box, you'd get the movie, you'd have to open it to make sure the movie was actually in there before you scanned it, lock it, put the the lock in the DVDs only and scan it. If it was a VHS, you have to check is does need to be rewound, rewind them, then close them back up, scan them, then put them on the cart, then go put them away. Was there a fee for if they didn't rewind it? Like, did everybody get dinged? For that? Um, I think I think that was more when VHSs were like the big thing. I don't recall if it was like something that we really pushed after a while. And then, because obviously working across all these different stores, you probably worked with a lot of different groups of people. The employees can sometimes be as <laughs> tedious or whatever, you know, that you have to deal with them every day. So I'm yeah. curious, was there an employee incident? It was funny. Out of three of the stores that I worked at, the managers were all friends with each other. So like we would all hang out even though we were at different stores and some of my managers were doing some real shady business. Theft was a part of it. So there was some stuff that you became privy to that you were like, mm, side eye. The first store I worked at, I really didn't become real, t- really too close with that group. I wasn't there for a long time, but the other groups, there were a few firecrackers, people who were just a little nutty, but there weren't any incidents where like anybody was fighting or was like, F you, I'm out. But I always thought some one of the managers was going to get found out for stealing at some point, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting how that works. Like, I, I used to work at a KB toy store, and mm-hmm. I became a manager because the other manager at a store got fired for, like, eating the candy after hours and stealing batteries, and they figured <laughs> it out and busted him, and then they're like, okay, well, we need your manager, so now you're promoted to manager of the store. I'm like, what? It was like... <laughs> Baby toys crack it down. Blockbuster a little more lax today. I I never wanted to be in management. Now I'm also curious for you when you think back on that period. Were there ever any like special events that like you just as the employees ever tried to put together, like dress up for the holidays or anything like that? No, I mean because I was only there for the summers. I think it was a little bit different. So Jackie's house was where we would hang out anyways. So a lot of the times we'd all go end up going back to her place and like hanging out and drinking or just eating and hanging out stuff like that we did so any kind of activities we did were usually just like things we would have done anyways it just so happened the people we worked with came with us we used to play softball actually we'd have softball games so jackie's whole family and then our co-workers and friends would be there okay so some blockbuster ball we gotta go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now what ultimately led to you not returning like you said you were doing it during your school days so why did you not continue on with blockbuster oh i ended up just i ended up moving to new york and new york at the time didn't have a lot of blockbusters around Hmm. at by the time i got there like 2005 2006 so it just wasn't available to me and then uh, not too long after that it kind of crashed and burned so 
Okay, yeah. I mean, th- that's what we got to get into now. So what do you recall about the you know, kind of the decline of video rental stores? Like when you were there, did you mm-hmm. already see things slowing down? No. Or- okay. When I was there, it was like the height of, like they were building st- stores they were buying up a lot of the mom and pops that's one of the things i noticed is like a lot of the smaller stores started to disappear albertson stopped doing rentals at my grocery store and then again when i got to new york it was a little different there were still a ton of mom and pops new york is it's not the same now but they were really careful about letting like conglomerates and big companies come in so there were a lot of mom and pops still available because I used to still buy DVDs and find really good deals at some of the smaller stores when I lived in New York. So I don't know if I necessarily noticed the decline completely until I moved back to Florida, I want to say 2012. And I remember in Boca Raton, there was like maybe that one blockbuster and none of our blockbusters were there anymore. And I was just like, oh man, it's mostly like secondhand hearing from Jackie that like things were closing down and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's kind of like you don't realize it's gone and then it was gone. Now, did you ever keep any mementos? Because I know like Blockbuster would have like promotional buttons or they'd have little things like we're trying yeah. to sell this movie this, you know, this month. Like, did you keep any paraphernalia? I should have. The only thing that I actually have is promotional buttons and cards from the movie Whip It with Drew Barrymore. And I think it was because I don't, I wasn't working at the store at the time. Jackie must've given it to me. So I have a ton. (laughs) It's sad because it's like outside of our timeframe for the podcast. So, I mean, uh, I'm thinking eventually I might give some of them away as a giveaway. I wish I would have kept my t-shirts because we had promotional shirts because it didn't matter at the time. Now I'm like, oh, damn, I should have kept my shirt or I should have kept my ID. I can't even find my Blockbuster card. So, yeah. Yeah. I I definitely remember Whip It because I ended up with a bunch of promo merch, too. Like, it was was out there. They were just like, please go see this movie. And I did. I went to theaters. You know, I I thought it was great. So, as we kind of close out here, do you have a particular memory when you just look back? You know, you said your memory is not great. But, like, (laughs) is there a, like, crystal clear video store memory for you when you go, like, like, this is what it was all about. This is the blockbuster story I have to tell. I've okay. told it on our podcast, but I have no problem sharing it here. So we had a customer. He was special needs. So we had the Game Pass, right? They, we had Movie Pass and Game Pass. So with the Game Pass, you could pay a certain amount a month and you can get like unlimited games for the month. And so he had that and it was a routine. His family would park outside, let him go in. He would ask if we had, I think it was like Grand Torino something. And we would always say no because we never had it. And then he would go to the section, get his game, come back, check it out, and he'd be gone. One day he went and I realized, I said to my boss, I was like, you know, he's been back there for a long time. And it was during the day. So there was the store wasn't really busy. It's like, yeah. And then he finally came up and he didn't rent anything. And he like ran, he like left. And so we thought that was super weird. So I go, I'm like putting away videos. And then 
I noticed that there's like something on the carpet and I'm thinking, oh, was this melted chocolate? Like what is going on? And then I'm looking and I'm looking and I see more of it, more of it, more of it. And I see it kind of smeared on some of the games. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this is caca. There's all over the game section. And I think I like yelled it. I went to my boss and was like, Mike, there is everywhere in the game section. He's like, what do you mean? I said, literal is on the games. And so he came out and looked and was like, what the hell? And he's like, okay, Danielle, you got, we got to clean this up. I said, there is no we. I do not get paid enough. This is manager business. <laughs> uh, so he had to go to the grocery store, Publix, get stuff to clean it up. And so my hypothesis is that he went to fart and ended up sharding. He went to go see why he felt wet, got it on his hands. It was leaking, tried to wipe it off. I did not touch games for months <laughs> after that. Wow. That that feels like that would have been in a movie, a comedy of that era. <laughs> That's that level of, of comedy, definitely. Wow. Well, you know, we've talked about it enough here. It's been mentioned and teased. And, you know, you're a very unique guest in that you have a podcast that kind of has a video rental name and a very fun premise. So why don't you tell folks about your show and and what what you do there and where they can find it? Okay. (laughs) So our podcast is called No More Late Fees. Rewatch movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. And we rate it from our Y2K selves, like what we felt about the movie when we were younger. And then after rewatching how we feel after that, and we go through the movie and, you know, we talk about the movie and then we're giving fun facts and things about how the movie was created. And we have a ton of fun guests on the show that, you know, give their feedback. And yeah, we love it. No more late feeds. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. You can listen to your podcast and you can follow us on social media. We're on TikTok, Instagram, X, whatever, threads, (laughs) Facebook, and YouTube. And it's at no more late fees. Yeah, so you know, there's a lot of movie bros podcasts. All right, you're gonna hear a <laughs> lot of guys talking about movies. If you want something fresh and different, head on over to No More Late Fees. It's very, very fun. So, well, Danielle, this has been great. Thank you so much for for Thank sharing. Thank you for your inviting story. me. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network. <laughs>